Gun dick. Yep. That's how this starts. See, all mine just says is just gun. Uh, but you were like, you were like, make sure you write it down because I think you're pretty toasted when we were watching this one. Oh, absolutely, based on my handwriting. Yeah, but you're like, make sure you write it down. Like it's like someone slowly whipping their dick out, but it's the gun. <laughs> Welcome back to Otaku, everybody. <laughs> Great. This is the last bit of part four, and we are probably going to be taking a break from JoJo after this. Yeah, so that's our saddest news of this episode is that um, me personally, I have JoJo burnout now, and as much as I've enjoyed doing this podcast, like solely focusing on JoJo and the many aspects of things we can tie into it, without part six being animated or well haven't it hasn't aired yet as animation um it's gonna become really tricky to try and cover a lot of the storyline without wanting to reference later parts in the series especially because i feel like even rewatching part four like we had we saw a lot of tie-ins to later parts that would be mm. massive spoilers to to outright discuss. And while I'm fairly positive that at least a handful of people who might be listening to this are very familiar with JoJo and have in fact consumed all of part eight <laughs> at time of this recording, um, some of us, like some of the listeners haven't. And I don't want to be that podcast that just blatantly like does spoilers just because of the assumption like people have seen it or read it or what have you or already been spoiled by somebody else. I just don't like that mindset. So we will be moving to different anime to discuss after we conclude this episode of part four, Diamond is Unbreakable, which we'll cover the last six episodes. But yeah, it's it's a little bittersweet for me because I, I adore this media and I adore the fandom very much and um I do feel like this is one of the few fandoms where there's like a real sense of community and that if someone were to put (laughs) a bunch of us in like one room (laughs) like we wouldn't have any problems getting along whatsoever I I know there are always toxic parts to fandom but based on my experience going into certain fandoms I won't name it, but the series finale was this past week, mm-hmm. late November, and going to a couple of um, non-sponsored like panels at different conventions and things. Um, even like the panel hosts seemed kind of toxic, like inserting their personal opinion on on actors or people they've come in contact with without any needing to. Well. And it was just it it just left a sour taste in my mouth. So. <clears throat> I got over it, but <laughs> hmm. I I just feel like the I just feel like the JoJo fandom is completely like more more than not they're just like really solid people. 
and fun and accepting. (laughs) So I've noticed that you are, since we're like, you know, we're talking about what's going to come next and we've been trying out, I guess, a whole mass of different. Yeah. We've been starting a bunch of different stuff. And I, I've noticed that you're very, um, like just kind of like, eh, I don't know. Eh, whatever. Eh. Is it, do you think it's because like, there's no fandom that you're like a part of or something that you're just kind of like, I don't really have an opinion on this one way or the other. I know we've only done like one episode of a lot of this stuff, but I feel like it either grabs you or it doesn't grab you. And you're just been, you've been like really just kind of like, okay. So we were watching the Animaniacs reboot last night, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't that interested in it. Okay. I, it's something I did watch as a child. So there is that sense of nostalgia there, but it's not like watching the Sailor Moon reboot where I was like, oh my God, all my feelings, like this is so good. Like, oh my God, like. Yeah. And maybe it was because like two of my best friends that we've been friends for like 25-ish, maybe more years, like maybe being friends with them and experiencing that did have something to do with my love for Sailor Moon. Maybe that's why it's so nostalgic for me because even though I'm still friends with those women now like it brings back memories of forging friendships on top of having similar interests so maybe there is something to it maybe there is some kind of sense of belonging um or being accepted into something that kind of propels me to like things more I mean I that seems pretty I mean it's normal yeah that seems that seems fairly standard for most stuff no no I mean you wouldn't join like a like a sports team if no one wanted you on it well I mean you that's why I didn't play sports in high school you just described like three quarters of every shown in sports anime (laughs) like the the beginning the first five episodes is literally that I know you're the new guy we don't want you here yeah and I think okay so we were watching that one about the volleyball thing haiku yeah haiku yeah and i'm i'm not into it i know the way you are because i'm just trying to give stuff like a neutral i'm not into it i'm just like giving it a chance okay see i think that outright rejection and like um ostracization just really doesn't sit well with me and it it doesn't hinder me from looking at the plot as like a deeper thing but it just kind of like i'm i lose interest so quickly that's like, I mean, that's fair. And I usually agree with that. But I think with anime, it's just like that's a trope to defeat all tropes, it feels like. Yeah. There's the outsider that usually has either some personality quirk that kind of sets them apart from the rest of the group. And that initially is a, like, clashing motif. I mean, yeah, hello, Stardust Crusaders. Right. But, like, I feel like with the fire... Uh, uh, which I'm gonna call it fire force that we started watching today. I didn't really get that. They were just like, they were like, all right, he's a weirdo, but we'll accept him for what he yeah, is. Yeah, no, but I don't, I don't know what to make of that yet, I guess. And we've only watched the one episode. Yeah. I don't like how the main protagonist is drawn. I mean, I get it's part of his character, like, at, you know, seeing like back, like glimpses into his childhood and blah, blah, blah. Like we won't get into it, but like, yeah, okay, I, I, I guess I get it. I just think it's, it's super tropey. Like, there's so much anime that's just super tropey. Right. And I guess I just have to, like, get over it. Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, JoJo is super tropey. But, like, it also skews a lot of those tropes later right. on. Right. I just but... think Araki, 
Araki is such a good storyteller and and David Productions did do a good job of really not altering the story at all the way they did with Sailor Moon yeah. um, back in the 90s. Like they they were just like, oh, we need like 80 fucking filler episodes. Like we need to make yeah. season two literally like 40 episodes of filler and 10 episodes of actual like what was in the manga. That is interesting that there's like literally zero filler in any of the adaptations of JoJo. But that's because there's so much. There is so much story to get through that you really don't need filler. And it also, this is like for the most part, at least I'd say a majority of Araki's work being adapted was well after the original run of the manga. So there wasn't an issue of like... It was like almost 30 years. Yeah. It was almost 30 years after the initial run. Yeah. I mean, the OVA even was like mid to late 90s, and that was basing off of... I thought it was well, like that, early mid 90s. Yeah, I guess that was... Well, yeah, so Stardust Crusaders was... When did part three get drawn? Um, Stardust Crusaders got drawn in the late 80s. So that was probably like fairly fresh, because that was why yeah. they did the OVA, only yeah. for part three and not for one and two. Right. Which is weird. But it makes sense because of the... At the time, that would have been, like gone really well. Yeah, you know, it still sh- it still messes me up how differently that's drawn. <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, I think there's something to be said about um, anime adaptations from authors who are very good at world building and storytelling. And Araki is definitely one of them. Like, I know, and I won't say much, but like last night we were watching that one YouTube video, and I was like, this is why I think I'm really burned down on JoJo's because of the level of emotional investment mm. that I've put into this in the past <laughs> in the past several months. Yeah. Um and then to to hop literally from let's call it the end of one story to the beginning of another because that's quite literally what it was immediately like within a few days mm-hmm. I was like okay finish this I'm gonna move on to this and then being emotionally devastated again you you take the approach that I take with music sometimes with this like I will fucking listen to something like ad nauseum and then want nothing but like to dive as deeply into it as possible and then like a month later I'm like Ugh, all right <laughs> I did it again too much too quick I think a lot of people do that though yeah. Not just with music or with anime, but with media in general. I think I think there's a, something in our brains that when we really enjoy something and when something moves us emotionally, we're more likely to overwhelm ourselves with it. I mean, that's why Netflix has done so well with the availability of entire seasons instantly. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the binge mentality is just, like, Absolute. perfect for yeah, most people. Yeah, it was like... Um, what was that show I was watching that I was like really uh I mean British Bake Off is one of those shows mm-hmm. I kind of just started watching it just because I was like oh cooking shows are fun to watch sometimes but I get really tired of like shows like Sugar Rush I, I like watch maybe one or two of those I'm like done mm-hmm. even nailed it now I'm just like I can watch two of those because they're so cringy well they're they're episodic too which I feel like doesn't yeah. benefit the nature of streaming exactly yeah so <sighs> Yeah, so with British Bake Off, um, yeah, you get emotionally invested and you're like, oh my God, you know, this is so pure and so good. Specifically that one cooking show. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree. Um, is, I'm like, I keep like, it's like taunting me when we, when we, when we, I mean, we Netflix. can start watching it again. 
It's fine. And just like, I really want to, but I also don't want to support. But we can support good good boy Noel Fielding. Yeah. It's definitely not that I, did, I haven't wanted to watch it. Like, it's I know. been biting at me. But like, you I know, know. I, I support, you know, the mentality of it. Right. And yeah, like being able to sit there and binge stuff like JoJo. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we did. We And even... I mean, we watched this shit on... twice. Like that's yeah. We've literally watched every part of it except for part five twice. I never. I like literally never. I don't even like. I don't really typically binge stuff, but like I super don't rewatch. Well, stuff. No, we only watched parts one and two once. <laughs> oh yeah. I watched part one twice. Yeah. Because right. I thought you'd already seen right, all of part. Because I'm a dummy and was. But anyway, mentally, if like, you if you want to hear us talk about that more, you can go all the way back to yep. the beginning of the podcast it's and there. hear us talk about like, wait, you've never seen this? Yep. That was it's a funny. Fucking moment. So with all this emotional trauma and I guess like um, we're bidding adieu to JoJo for the time being, we will be back to revisit it. Absolutely. We'll be back to revisit it probably as soon as part six starts airing, whenever that may be. I know they say they have a date. It's supposed to be April, I think. It's supposed to be. But who fucking knows? It's 2020 right now. So mm-hmm. God only knows what's going to happen in the next like two months. Mm-hmm. Two weeks, two mm-hmm. days, mm-hmm. could be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I do think that um, I will be excited to get back into it and to rewatch part five, especially having part six and seven at least, at the very least, like under our belts and with with a different perspective. Right. But for the time being, after this, we will be bidding our sealators to. Our hasta mananas. <laughs> yeah. Hasta luego. Yeah. I think it would be like, I know we had that last night. I know. But I think it would be like hasta luego, which is like see you in a while. Yeah. Or hasta la tardes or something like that. Yeah. So, anywho. Anyways. Let's wow. dive into these last six episodes of Diamond yeah. is Unbreakable and let's just get this out of the way. Let's rip rip the band-aid off. Mm-hmm. So, gun dicks. Yeah. Gun dicks coming soon to a face near you. <laughs> I mean that in the most entendre way possible. I know I was really like um, intoxicated when we watched this episode, but I do remember exactly telling you like write it down. It's like someone whipping their dick out. Yeah, because like this episode literally starts with the stupid fucking like because it's like almost to be continued from the episode prior. It was literally to be continued. Like the next frame is this fucking gun sticking out of the piece of paper. Yeah. It's, it's like slowly like Yeah. It's like it's like this has got to be phallic. Bite your lip, Josuke. Yeah. This is. Yeah. Yeah, this was... This is a weird one. I don't like this guy's... They're all weird ones. Well, yeah, but I just remember really not liking that, that, that stand user or the stand and just being like, I completely forgot about the guy. So I was just like, all right, let's get this. Let's get this fucking done. Like, I know he's got like a tiny little bit piece in this whole last uh, arc of part four, and I was just ready yeah, to fucking get that done. This is still July 15th. Yes. So... This is after Josuke and Okiyasu have returned from the tower. Mm-hmm. The dark tower. <laughs> this is after, well, this is as Rohan is possessed by another stand. Right. Which Fucking... I think you you wanted to talk about that. I All I have written down is Ro, Rohan's dance sequence when he's leaving his house and he's trying to shake the thing off his back. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just stupid. But you wanted to talk about the fact that, like, you were like, you can only have one stand at a time. Yeah. Like, and it's like I I was saying, um, I literally wrote, I was like, this is some dumb shit. Like, 
can users have more than one stand at a time or can't they? Because at first it's implied that when he takes over uh, Rohan's body, essentially, he is like, uh, like, I guess, overpowering Rohan's normal stand. And right. But, but then, it kind of it like null and voids it. Yeah. It nullifies it. It's like a like anesthetic like it just anesthetizes his ability and he because mm-hmm. he tries to use it and he can't and he's like this stands like oh yeah you're fucked buddy basically and um at that point i'm like this is dumb like which one is it and i was like this is a little dumb can i bring up something real quick speaking of stands please so rohan's stand is heaven's door i'm sorry this thought is like just pounding mm. in my forehead right now mm. rohan's stand is heaven's door which they didn't change the name of for the for the English audiences. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Joe's case is Crazy Diamond, mm-hmm. which is a song lyric, as well as Heaven's Door. Yes. But like, out of those two, I feel like Heaven's Door would be way more recognizable. Yes. Like, who hasn't heard Knocking on Heaven's Door? Who has not heard that fucking song ever? Nobody in the world. But I feel like, I feel like Crazy Diamond shine on you crazy diamond like i feel like that is not an obscure pink floyd and of course people who really like classic rock and trippy 70s 80s fucking shit like pink floyd like like a rocky well yeah obviously like you're gonna get the reference but like i still feel like like you're 100 million percent right like between the two i feel like i mean even just pink floyd in general especially nowadays i think more people are like who's pink floyd whereas talking about acdc you know whammo wham like every like i feel like you know especially like people know pink floyd but they are probably not very familiar with their back catalog of stuff right they're probably familiar with like you know and that's not a very obscure song like don't get me wrong it's it's not it's not like it was never like a hit i'm pretty sure it definitely hit the charts it's definitely more obscure though than knocking on heaven's door yeah i mean in the grand scheme of things probably yeah uh, that's, uh, yeah. that's interesting. I actually want to kind of go and like look up the um, statistics and see like where those landed on the Billboard charts when they were released. I'll do that later. I'm not going to do what it is now. That noise. Oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck? She just made the weirdest noise and it picked up. That oh, is someone using fucking, a chainsaw. Oh god, that creeped me out. That's a chainsaw, not my cat. Thank you. Oh god! <laughs> I was like, I swear to God, if the cat just made that noise, I'm leaving. No. And then she immediately made a noise, which didn't help. (laughs) She was like, hi. Yeah. Anyway, so we we have allowed um, my cat into the recording space just (laughs) because we're assholes. She's not hollering from the next room over. No, she's like literally, she was at my fucking chair when she did that. Now she's at my feet. She's just... She's just stomping around. Yeah, she's going back and forth. Hi, baby. Um, yeah, but like I, I do not, and I, I feel like unless we really deep dove into this subject, like would ever understand the how and the why of the logistics of name changing in the English versus the Japanese. Like, yeah. of these names. like I mean, I get it. The sense. band names, the artists, I get that they need to cover their asses. I understand that. But like for stuff that's named literally after song lyrics, I just I don't get it because like it's not like those words are patented or like copyrighted specifically. Right. You can't <laughs> like it's not that's not how yeah it works. In I don't yeah it's I don't want to 
I don't care. But we always get into this and then I'm like, I don't care. But you do care. I do. Well, I just, I'm just concerned for whoever is <laughs> I mean, renaming it, these things. It bugs the shit out of me because not only is it like questionable as to what the legality of it, what drive it is, it's also they're terrible most of the time when they come up with these fucking names. Like, I don't even. They're bad. I don't even want to know what they're going to have to call Foo Fighters. <laughs> Idiot assailant. Like, 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 like fool, fool attack. Stupid wrestler. Or something. Stupid grabber. God. Okay. So, um, yeah, I totally interrupted you when you were talking about the stand possession. It's okay. Um, but yeah, like, so I was, all right. So I was a little mad because I was like, this is starting to not make a lot of sense when he basically overwhelmed the stand. I'm like, all right, I get it. Like, maybe that's fine. But then later miraculously like while he still is possessed if i'm remembering it properly he does manage to use uh heaven's door like in a way when like when he was outside or something like later on like i think it was right towards the end of when he finally like defeats him mm, i don't think he was successfully able to use heaven's door like, i think he tried was this ugh, was this like did he get separated from his body and then he uses it or something but like, um I don't know, but that's the next episode. Oh. Well, I don't know. It just felt really loopholeish to me. Like Yeah, which, which... Uh, yes. Yes. Um there's a lot of loopholes in July fifteenth in general. Yeah. We've already established. And we still have a whole episode of July fifteenth left to go. Yeah, we should probably yeah. But um I guess the last thing I really had two two items is this is some of the worst up to this point animation for the season in this episode. Oh, it was so bad. And uh yeah, the only good thing I put production-wise in this episode is the goofy voiceover guy. Yeah. Um, and then also Beppus Begins. This is the first instance of the very uh, plain sight Pepsi adverts. Yeah. That is so, the end of this season. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Let's play a game. Mm-hmm. Let's play the why did I write this game. Oh, I like this game. Okay. In all caps, mm-hmm. draw some lewds. Okay, bye. Why did I write that? Did you write it in the margin or like... No, as part of my notes. Draw some nudes. Draw some lewds. Lewds. Okay, question mark. Bye. (laughs) And then Um, under that, under that, directly under that, I wrote, dude is so thirsty for Josuke to bite his lip. So maybe those need to be flipped. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I I got nothing. Like you're just getting thirsty for, for for some lewds. So maybe right. it's because of the nature of the guy's ability where he's like using paper. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else it could be. Okay. Well, that's the conclusion I kind of came to, but I was wondering if, if you had, if anything had stuck out specifically from rewatching this. No. Okay, cool. And then, yeah, my last note is just Bep piss. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause they just like, it, it's so, it's so sudden that it does this like really long like three second just held shot like a pan shot of the pepsi sign atop one of the fucking one of the buildings yeah and it's like why is that there and then this happens basically at least once for the rest of all of the episodes mm-hmm. so i mean i get it it's a prominent display they gotta get that money it's a prominent display yeah um so episode 34 please yes okay so episode 34 rohan learns to teleport mm-hmm uh, yeah, yeah, because he still has this asshole on his back, and it's like, how does he get from point A to point B? 
safely. Yeah, exactly. Like without without showing anybody his back. Right. Um, I wrote uh, Koichi. Lol, you're silly, Rohan. Rohan, I'm dying. Yeah, I did this. This furthers my um, lowering opinion of Koichi as it continues throughout the end of the season. Um, it lowers your opinion of him. Yeah, I, I'm liking him less. Okay. Because he's being more of an asshole. Well, okay, but to be fair, Rohan did try to kill the kid. I know. There's still a, a huge level of mistrust between no, these guys. No, I know, but like he's... He, he, uh, <laughs> Rohan <laughs> Rohan is a serious character and is usually just like presenting himself, including Koichi as such. So I feel like as, yeah, like it's understandable that he'd be like, yo, I don't trust this dude. If he came up to him and was like, yo, I'm... I got some bad shit going on. Can you help me? I'd be like, all right, in the greater scheme of things, considering how bullshit my life is now with this crazy world in this town of Mor- Mor- Moriochi. Uh, Moriocho? Moriochaha Maria. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on in my brain right now. Too much coffee. <laughs> yeah. It's used to being slightly drunk when I'm doing this, and now it's the opposite, and it doesn't know what the fuck's happening. Very awake. Um, Very sober. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I get it. And I would also be very much so aware and uh, maybe doubtful of his intentions. But he's like, nah, man, fuck you. You're, I'm out. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, pretty much. But I guess, I don't know. So if I was Koichi and if Rohan approached me, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, mm. um, if Rohan came up to me and was like, hey, dude, I need your help. Like, for real, I'm being attacked. Um. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be as much of a shitlord about it. I'd be like, well, he is very straightforward and blunt. And he did pretty much tell me like he intended on, for all intents and purposes, killing me mm. uh, to write his manga. Yes. So why would I take this at any less face value? Yeah. Unless that's... I was like, it's a trap. I just feel, yeah, I feel like I feel like Koichi's character and his motives and motivations and driving forces changes more than most other characters. I'm going to blame story. it on Act 3. Oh, so you think Act Three, the little pimp, little pimpman stand, is a uh, is a bad influence? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Even though it's his own subconscious, yeah, or something. Yep. Okay. Hi, Mara. You're back. She's back. Um. Yeah, but Rohan. Uh, <laughs> God, I love my notes when I'm like not sober watching not this. It. Rohan tricks a poopy stand is best move. <laughs> <laughs> tricks a poopy stand. Yeah, because he tricked um, cheap trick. Yes, um, I do think that that's some three hundred IQ shit. Like him dr- going into the the uh, don't look behind you <laughs> alleyway and being yeah. like, "Hey, shithead, good luck." Yeah, like, but I'm I'm also mad that they wasted a great song on a shitty stand, yeah. or a great cheap trick is a band name. Yeah, but no, yeah. I agree. Cheap trick used to be one of my favorite uh, bands way back in high school. I'm like. Yeah. What did they call it in the in the subtitles? Like, what was the English? It was like... Definitely wasn't Cheap Trick. <laughs> it was Cheap Something. Ugh, I don't know. It was something really regrettable. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. Um, let's um, see. Somebody... It's 2020. Let's get tested for TB. Why, why did I say that? Uh, maybe because this is where I wrote No Fuss, No Must, New Hand Girlfriend. 
Yeah, I wrote that too. Maybe that had something to do with it. But that was like two lines down. Hmm. Um, I have, it's 2020. Let's get tested for TB, exclamation point. I want to know what Kira did to dude's head. Dude meaning Kawajiri? Like <laughs> the guy he's, the guy whose face he stole? Uh, I don't fucking, I don't remember, dude. <laughs> okay, so sorry, everybody. We literally watched these episodes probably like two weeks ago. Yeah, that's also not And helping. we... Like, we're not trying to recap the episodes because yeah. that's not fun. No. Um. So literally all our notes are like, let's mention this slash joke about this on the podcast. Um. Yeah. So no fuss, no muss, just new hands. And then there's a lot happening on July 15th. That's like the end of my notes for episode 34. Like, I don't. I remember Rohan going into the alleyway and with Koichi's help tricking Cheap Trick yeah. into getting grabbied yeah because Koichi pulled into the ether I don't know where they go to hell sure (laughs) like I do give Koichi I did write him down I was like I give him a lot of credit that he despite his best instincts and like self-preservation instincts did like come back and be like all right like uh, this fucking guy probably does need my help and yeah like, despite all of his best, like, you know, mental defenses, he was like, all right, I guess he's probably really meant it. And it's probably my duty as his uh, friend or it's whatever. It's my poopy duty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing about. I don't know. I know we saw the, um, we saw Kira, like, as Kawajiri, we saw him go into, like, his office um, and the woman was putting her hair back and he was all like, Ugh, my nails. Yeah. <laughs> my nails are growing. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. Uh, and I don't know if you want to talk about that now or like, cause I don't think it's really developed as much yet, but like he is having, like he's struggling with, um, his serial emo- killer tendencies. No, I was, well, yes, that, but I was also, well, I guess that kind of also fits in what I was going to say is that it's, it's almost as though he's struggling against his body's memories like the body he took over so he didn't take over a body well the face remember yeah but it's yeah which that was what makes it weirder it's like remember he's always like oh is it possible i actually care about this woman it almost feels like he's got some kind of so he literally just took the other guy's face yeah um and put it on his own face which mean like so this is kira's body yeah like these are his fingernails since birth like this is his body yes it's just the fact that he got, like, a new face and new hair. Right, which makes it even weirder, like, that he seems to be, at least with her. With act- Shinobu? Yeah, acting as though it's, like, some some grand revelation that he could care in any way about another person. Because he, like, yeah. de- defends her-ish outside when the cactuses, like, or he's like, oh, I was actually worried that, you know, her eyes would have gotten gouged out. The cactus? Did you just? Yeah, the cactus. Remember when uh, Stray Cat, like, pops the thing and the cactus shoots the thorns all up in their bodies oh yeah well no he breaks her toenail off with an air bubble. i'm talking about kira like he goes out there and like defends like gets between them because she's okay. out there and you don't remember that mm, vaguely okay okay fine fine, fine. i don't remember cactus thorns but I it remember... was like yeah it was just a plant in the in, in the yard thorny plant yeah Oh, God, it's still July 15th. Is this 35 now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I guess... <laughs> it's still July 15th. I mean, this is kind of good because we were talking about, like, distinction of, like, what part of his body is he taking and literally only his face. And I was like, does... 
Like Kira's host dude was was ripped as fuck, I guess. So like, it's funny. What do you What do you mean Kira's host dude? The body, like. Kira didn't take a body. All right. Yes. That is Kira's body. I'm confusing myself. Okay? Yes, I know. I'm, making... I'm trying to I'm trying to set you straight. Kira never exchanged bodies. Okay. Let's just cut all this out because it's making me sound like the dumbass that I am. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. I'm just. Okay, so okay. Kira never exchanged bodies. Kira only stole someone else's face yes. and then killed Suji Aya. Yes, which is perfect for my actual point of this was, was Kira's host dude so ripped uh, or is his wife just completely like oblivious? There you go. That's the one. That's the one. Uh. <laughs> just a little grimace. Like, I'm real dumb. I'm no, real you're dumb, not. Guys. No, dude, this is very confusing because yes, uh, this is a whole new person we're led to believe, but it's still Kira. Just but it's dudes. not a whole new person. Yeah. It's just a new face. Right. And, and because like the JoJo crew, like the Duang crew has no idea like what Kira's body looked like because mm-hmm. he was always fully clothed. There's no like way they could be like, oh yeah, it's totally a dude guy because it's the same body. Like, right. I have a feeling a lot of dudes in Morio are like pretty fucking ripped. Apparently. I mean, look at Rohan's little Abby abs in the last few episodes. Yeah, but like, like who gave you who who like, who gave you that? Like, who but, said you were allowed to look like that? But he's like he's sprightly with his build. Like he's very Rohan thin. is leaf, life, leaf. Yeah, I think that's actually like I used to use that word like that too, but then I looked it up and it's like flexible, so it doesn't really like. I don't know. I, I thought it was like talking about your body build too. And he's know. he's a slender muscular he's man. He's a slenderman. <laughs> he's a slender muscular man. Yeah. But like, yeah, maybe you're right. But like Kira's fucking jacked, jacked as fuck. Like yeah. he's like ripped for yes. some reason. But like was the homeboy like the office, the, the, the meek I, office I do remember worker? us talking about this and being like, how did Shinobu like not fucking realize... They must have had similar body types or physiques or something, or maybe her husband was going to the gym. Yeah. She it, acts like she's never so, seen him with his shirt off most so of the time. So the whole premise of Shinobu and her now dead husband. Yes. Um, she was not attracted to him in like in the slightest, right? So there's a very good chance that aside from like making Hayato. Yeah. That she literally had no interest or literally cared that little about him that she never cared to see like what he actually looked like or watch him get undressed or bathe with him. I don't know if Japanese couples like bathe together. I don't know if that's like a thing. I don't know why it wouldn't be considering it's like a familial thing. Yeah, there's so many weird idiosyncrasies. I don't want to say weird, but there's so many little cultural idiosyncrasies in Japan that um, I'm anyway, if you know, comment, let us know. Yeah, let us know about them. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't... And she probably wouldn't have had any interest in bathing with him if she was so unattracted to him. Right. She comes across to me as a very, very thirsty, like, like she, 30-something-year-old she, woman who desperately wishes she had that physical attra- you know, attraction to her she husband. She hated her husband so much. She was like, um, yeah, we already ate dinner, but I left you some ramen, which is like... That's like super... Super un, insulting. Japanese thing to do. Yeah, they, and it was like instant ramen. Yeah. It was like a cup of noodles. Yeah. She was like, oh yeah, there's a cup of noodles for you in the microwave. Yeah, your favorite. And not husband Kira was like, fuck yes. Yeah. And he like spices it up with some eggs and veggies and shit. And he's like, oh, this is so good. This is my favorite. And she's just like, what? Yeah. 
She's like, I'm getting a little. I think that's the first time she like ever remotely paid attention to her quote husband unquote yeah. in probably years. Because like he like from the well, well we'll get to it, but like from his interactions with his new quote unquote coworkers, he comes across as a guy who's obsessed with the work and the job and the image, and he probably spends like almost no time at home. Which probably makes it... I mean, that's pretty... I feel like that was very standard for, like, 90s office work. Well, for, yeah. For men who... Definitely. Yeah. But it, it's not helping the fact that she's like, I don't give a fuck about this guy. Like, we yeah, just very share loveless. a house, basically. So, so it wouldn't surprise me that she... If she noticed his physique and wasn't like, oh, damn. Yeah. Who the fuck is this? Because she probably, like, didn't even care to fucking pay attention to him. Yeah. So... But that changes. That does change. <laughs> Um, I made a joke and I don't, I don't know if I want to mention the loops bit because it's such a fucking meme spoiler. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'll just say, we'll, we'll say it. Ready? You want to say it on three? The Dio. Mm-hmm. Okay. One, two, three. Dio, Dio eating, eating fruit, fruit loops. loops. Yeah. You love that so much. I do. It's in your brain forever. It is because every time I work in the brewery and I have to wind up hoses, I'm like, big loops, big loop, Dio eating fruit loops. What if Dio, that would be very Dio-esque to like be obsessed with a cereal and like fruit loops and then- Why? Because he's fruity? Well, I wasn't going to say that. (laughs) But But you were thinking it. (laughs) But what I was going to say is that it would be funny to see him like- be like these little loops are inferior i need mega loop <laughs> and then like he just like this like some stupid thing where he goes to the fruit loop factory and like forces them to like make him one massive loop and that's the whole point of the steer story is like the the good guys have to stop him from making the one mega that's dio's master. actual heaven yeah the master loop is dio's heaven and the the, the part three boys <laughs> have to stop it from happening at all costs yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then part six also has to stop it from happening. You should write that. That'd be a funny <laughs> like one. Like, it's like him at Kellogg Corporation. Like, hey, if, I don't know if I'm ever going to get around to writing that. Um, but if anybody else wants to take that idea and run with it, please just um, at me. One loop to rule them all. At Manny Bothans. Yeah. Um, and just like tag me in it because I want to read it. <laughs> but yeah, so um, th- second sighting of the Bepis sign, and it's now very ominous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's taken off, taken over a um, a dark kind of overtone because yeah. the music didn't make it any better either. So all of a sudden, yeah. So now with the um, Dio's Fruit Loops, it is it is then July sixteenth. Okay, so this episode starts on July fifteenth, and this is the fifth episode on the same day, and then it. But it it immediately transitions, I believe, to oh. July sixteenth. Okay, because then we see we see Hayato at the breakfast table, right. And the phone's ringing and the teapot and all this stuff starts happening. Mm-hmm. So, um, ominous Bepis sign. Yeah. And um, this is the first episode. Yeah, this is the first time we see Rohan die. Yeah. Is this all? I mean, this is also. This is also. Um, do we want to say that he gets the R worded, Kira? Gets the R worded. With the arrow? Um, no. Part fived? He gets mm. part fived? Because <laughs> that's we an awful say? lot like... I don't know how to talk about this without talking about part five. Because yeah. we didn't notice that this was like some big shit 
like it was obviously a big development but we didn't realize like the the importance of it until we until after we had already watched so for our listeners if you're new and you don't feel like rewinding all the way to the beginning this is how this happened um our watching sequence was stardust crusaders diamond is unbreakable part one phantom blood battle tendies stardust crusaders again Mm -hmm. we stopped like halfway through that yeah. And started watching um, Vento Oreo. Mm-hmm. And then we resumed Stardust Crusaders once we binged part five in like under two weeks. Yes. And then we went back to part four. And here we are. And during part four, we read both <laughs> part six and seven. Yeah. So our, that's you'll have to forgive us if we're a little scattered. I think that's also like why we need a much needed break. Yeah. Um, okay. So back to the R word. I... We argued about this during the episode. It's it's kind of like interesting because I don't think at the time that he had, had obviously he hadn't written or he might have thought about the future developments of the series, but you know what? We're gonna have to say it was the R word. Yeah. Because looking at all the parallels and the ability. Yeah. Yes, Mara. You too can get R worded. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're saying like uh, a bad word. Yeah. Um, because when you said, does he get R worded? I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I was just going to say, maybe we should just say yeah. the word. Um, so, so Kira kills Hayato on the night of July 15th. Yes. In the um, bathroom. In the bathroom because Hayato like knows a secret. He has videotape, everything. Like he finally knows that it's not his dad. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know that it's kira yoshikage until he tells him that mm-hmm. um but hayato knows and so kira decides to kill him and then his dad's all like uh you did the thing you did the bad thing now people are gonna wonder like how are you gonna fix this what's gonna happen and so photo dad still has the arrow <clears throat> yes that he's been prancing around i don't want to say prancing he's been flitting around morio just making stand users and stands just reckless for abandoned. fucking fun yeah um in, in order to help his son like what it's very right? convoluted like anyway so um arrow goes into kira's arm and like through his neck yeah and then more the important thing because we were like oh no it's just his body you see like the the flashing like almost electrical shocking images of killer queen also getting stabbed with the arrow yeah like simultaneously yeah that got requiemed yes that's ding 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 i'm gonna have to put a spoiler warning on this at some point yeah but um yeah and that was very shocking for both of us because i mean it makes a lot of sense with the sudden extreme power shift i think we Okay, so I had already spoiled part five for myself by the time we watched it. Yes. Like a lot of it. Yeah. Thank you, AO3. Um, And general internet searches, which were dumb. Uh, And I think because it had been several iterations of JoJo since we had actually watched part four by the time we got around to part five, that it didn't click. Like, Mm. it wasn't. There is a YouTube video on my YouTube feed actually talking about 
I think it's the title is like the perfection of Kira Yoshikage or something. And I haven't watched it, but I'm intrigued. Is that by ocean? It's not. It's by somebody else. Hmm. But okay. So yeah. So Hayato gets murdered on the night of the 15th. And the 16th is when um, Dio's eating his fruit loops Hmm. begins. And that's the first time we see Rohan die, which I still fucking, I hated it the first time. Do you remember how devastated I was? And, like, re-watching this, like, Rohan's not a very likable character, like, at all. Which is why I'm like, why did they... Of all the characters, he's the one that gets a fucking OVA. Regardless. <laughs> Regardless. Maybe Araki was like, I need to make him more likable. Maybe. I mean, that's probably it. Because of how char- how how popular the character is, it's like, well, fuck. We should probably b- <laughs> give him some actual likable background. Yeah. I mean, you like him a lot now, obviously. <sighs> Do you like him a lot or do you just like him a lot? Do you like him, like him, or do you like him? Are you asking me if I would. Bone Zone with (laughs) Rohan or. Are you asking me if I would. If I would. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you want to go to the Bone Zone or the Graveyard? (laughs) What is that? I don't even want to know what the Graveyard is. I also don't want to know what the Graveyard is. Um. We talked immensely last night about how much of a bottom Rohan is. So would I top him? (laughs) Would I top Rohan? Yes, I fucking would. Bone zone is if you top Rohan. The graveyard is if he's a power bottom. I mean, he's probably a power bottom too. Right. That's fine. (laughs) So he's the undertaker. Listen, I I like power bottoms, okay? I know, I know, I know, I know. God, this one <laughs> jokes went on way you. off the rails. <laughs> jokes on you, Sonic. I'm a power button. Forty five minutes into this episode, we finally have lost our fucking minds. Oh wow, we're forty five minutes in, huh? It's fine. I knew this was gonna be a long one. Yeah, that's what Rohan said. <laughs> God. Yeah, but who did he say it to? That's a topic for another podcast episode <laughs> that we will be t- <laughs> we will be tackling. Anyway, in the short I term. fucking hate watching Rohan die. Mm. Um and that's when I had the realization that it's finally July 16th. Like, yay, it's finally July. No. No. <laughs> July 16th is a bad day. Yeah. So. For everybody. All right. So Rohan dies um, because he uses Heaven's Door on Hayato and figures out who Kira's identity really is. And he does a splody. Yes. He bites the dust. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. A lot. You were, um, you were like yelling. I how think. much giggling do you think Araki did when he was like, what should I call this power up? And he's like, he, he, he bites the dust. A lot. He, I just, I do, I do envision him. He, it's, it's funny because I always go back to, to Dragon Ball only because that was like one of the first, because at the beginning of all the, the Tokubans for Dragon Ball, they'll have like an editor's note. And it's funny because um, Toriyama mentions the constant battling between him and his editor for years and i'm imagining um araki having the same battle with his editor and his editor always being like you can't just fucking keep naming these these stands and i'm sure the editor probably gave up um like most of the way through part four right because it's just like like, he's like you know like america's gonna have a hard time with this shit and we're gonna be trying to sell this shit to america eventually and he's like i don't give a fuck like (laughs) type it print it yeah Yeah. but even so it still bites the dust in the in the subtitles. Which doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> like, back to, like, what we were talking about. Because it's literally part of the song title is Another One Bites the Dust. Right. 
like I that's what I don't understand. Like I don't understand the the how and the why that underlies any of the fucking <laughs> rationalization. I feel like I need to go back to college and just like study this. Shit. I don't think it would make any like difference. I mean, I may- know it wouldn't. That's why I, it's an absurd thought. Like I should go back to college and write a research paper. I should get my I should get my doctorate in fucking JoJo. In JoJo. <laughs> like oh, you only have a master's in JoJo. We can't hire you. Like Japanese translation laws With and. A- <laughs> with a specialization in American copyright laws like yeah. god <laughs> okay yeah, it's dumb moving on episode 36 <laughs> okay day number question mark question mark question mark of Hayato's personal hell yeah and this is the first time that we see and notice that uh Kira's hair is completely different because he powered up and now he has gray hair with black streaks R- that look like spikes that are like no down. we noticed that in 35 when he did his little transformation because he literally combs his hair oh yeah yeah but i mean like when he walks this is the first time that his that um shinobu i guess probably notices no because my note says shinobu just never notices kira's hair is different but like yeah she never buddy (laughs) for a woman who literally just started paying attention to her fucking husband i can't tell you and his hair looking like this would be like some crazy he went from he went from Gohan hair to just creepy old man hair like instantly I think there's supposed to be like there's supposed to be like needles like spikes or something like the black streaks and that's what that's supposed to make you feel like it's like he's dangerous like a like a porcupine or something I just I hate his hair yeah I just uh, mm. he looks like slightly different too I feel like his face structure changes a little bit like more angular I think you're just um, projecting at this point I don't know what to make of that (laughs) I'm just kidding I don't know um, let's see. So yes, Shinobu just never notices, or if she does, she just never mentions Kira's hair is completely fucking different. Um, we've got a reverse intro. Yeah, it gets real fucky. Like it's, so, the intro is like completely reversed in animation. Yeah, like every snippet and scene is completely reversed as well as the sequence of events. Yeah. So it really you catch a lot more shit, which is really interesting. Yeah, and it's it's weird because like it, like the last couple episodes, the intro gets even weirder in different ways. But this was like looking back at it, kind of pretty typical. Like you said, it's just they reversed the whole thing, the sequence. Yeah, which is you know super spoiler for <laughs> like the episode in general. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I don't. I have think. like I have no notes other than um, this is Rohan's sexiest outfit. Don't at me. Um, well, we were talking about like we really started noticing that there's certain aspects of this episode and forward that are really reminiscent of part five right. in the animation and like the drawing style. Yes, I do remember talking about that, but like I knew you wrote it down, so I didn't bother. Yeah, like the, noses, the face shading. The fa- yeah, the shading on the faces, like the... The, the heavy black shadows, yeah. like the forehead creasing um, seems way more prominent, way more reminiscent of part five. Yeah, which I I don't know how much of a gap he took between four and five as far as writing, but I'm sure he was probably at this point already storyboarding and like oh yeah, absolutely. coming up with like you know like character bibles and stuff like that. Well, yeah, sure, 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 sure. sure. I mean, you have to. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. And that's why I'm not a good writer. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't do that either. Well, that's why I'm not a good writer. <laughs> <laughs> of all the times that I've tried like drawing like comics and stuff like that and like doing shit I'm like I'm good for like maybe an episode and then it's like <clears throat> I don't know what to do now 
Um, I don't know. You got pretty far in that one thing with uh, you were doing with Beals and oh, yeah. all that stuff. That I was did. pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So okay. So this, this is, is this is where Kira really monologues about what fate is. Yeah. This episode in particular. Um. He doesn't actually know what fate is. I don't think. Or he has a huge misconception of what it actually is. Yeah. He's convinced himself to an extreme. And I feel like basically he spent his entire life doing that. Yes. I feel like, okay. Let's, I mean, he's a sociopath to an yes. extreme. Let's touch on this fate aspect because fate plays a huge role in this series. Ugh. Huge. Gross. Like the Joe stars were always fated <clears throat> to face off against Dio twice. Mm-hmm. Um, Josuke... I guess was fated to have a stand because of Dio and because of his relation to anyway, there's so much that hinges on the concept of fate. And if you go back to like Greek mythology, like there were the fates who literally wove out your entire life destiny. And it was kind of, it wasn't set in stone. It was literally string, like the string of fate and everything. Right. Hercules taught me that. And it, (laughs) right. So there's, and there's so much in religion, especially in Western religions, about fate, um, whether or not we have free will, back to referencing other TV shows. Um, Still mad about that. If if you have control over your own destiny or is it already pre-written, does, is there some higher being that is is actually omniscient, that actually knows no matter what choice you make, in what order, on what day, at what time, like your your life will end up a certain way. And Kira, in this episode, kind of hints that to Hayato, once you've put certain events in motion, no matter how many times they get repeated, it will always happen this way. Or no matter how much you change, he's like, once it happens, it happens. Like the the tea set getting broken. Yes. Like the phone ringing. Hmm. But... Even, I think the first time we watched this, I was like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, because you can, you can change things. If you're, if you're consciously like reliving, like Hayato is reliving this day over and over and over again. God knows how many times he's fucking done it already. And he's, he is conscious of that. Or maybe not conscious, but like, even if he has this like huge, like deja vu kind of overwhelming feeling and instead of letting the phone ring, he jumps up to answer it. Which is what Or he catches a teapot. Yeah. That kind of thing. Like I mean the phone's really what sets and immediately like cancels what Kira's interpretation of reality is. Exactly. Because that's Ex- his undoing. Right. Because instead of the phone ringing one morning, I guess like in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um yeah, it's it's revealed, yeah, in episode 37, it's revealed that, like, because Hayato got up and placed a phone call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... But if, if Bites to Dust worked, I guess, as intended, and, well, no, I guess it is working as intended, because I'm, I'm remembering part five, and I'm remembering certain aspects of getting requiemed. And the person who got requiemed definitely remembers every instance of being requiemed mm-hmm. over and over and over again. So it only makes sense that Hayato has some memory of it, even though we're led to believe that 
by episode 36, we're unsure exactly how many times he's relived the morning of July 16th. Mm-hmm. We just know that Rohan has definitely died. A bunch. At least once. Yeah. Before that. At yeah. least once, maybe twice. It's like a Groundhog Day situation, like the movie Groundhog Day. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just wondering, like, how much are you supposed to be remembering versus just having this overwhelming sense of deja vu that, like, something bad is happening and I need to stop it. So I'm going to try to do something, hopefully, that I didn't do before. I don't know. I feel like it comes across in two different ways. Like, I think, like, sometimes, some at some points, it feels like he vaguely remembers, and then other points, it's like he knows exactly what happened. And knows exactly what he has to do. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's really interesting the the implications that this has. I mean, it's he says it once, and he's t- has his little monologue about fate. But the implications, like you said, about the series as it stands currently at this point, and the generations of fate in all that that have happened, and then for future events, especially like it's huge. But it's a wrong interpretation of it. Or yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's oh yeah. Whole Kira thing. has. Like I don't know if like <laughs> I want to talk about part six so bad. I know. I know, and that's what I'm talking about. Like it's just this. It's hugely important. And is this supposed to be some self-aware moment of the re- reflection by Iraqi of stating like maybe don't get so attached to what you think of as fate? But he has to know that he's. <laughs> and okay, so again, like we talked about this after watching that one video the other night, the other day, yesterday, like about the emotional investment. And like, I, I was like, okay, I, I kind of understand more now why like when I write something and it, and it doesn't have like a necessarily like a happy ending, like even on like my fucking, I don't, God, that's over like a year old. Like this, like, like this one shot I wrote, not JoJo related, um, that ended on a very unpositive note i don't want to say it was sad necessarily because ambiguous ending well no it's not ambiguous at all yeah it was literally like this character doesn't know how to um express any kind of positive emotion regarding like love and attachment to people so basically he just uses others to to feel Mm. but like won't actually like dive deep into his emotions you know exactly who i'm talking about so the other person in the one shot is like done with it they leave they leave it all behind and that's it and that's it because they're like i can't do this anymore i can't not have all of him Mm -hmm. and he's devastated because he's like i should have just fucking done the right thing to begin with you know Mm -hmm. people don't like that I mean, do you remember? Do you remember how p- pissed off people were and probably still are about the ending of Inception? Like that's literally the same. Well, Bird Box, same thing. Well, yeah. Bird Box, I feel yeah. Inception be- because yes. it, you don't you don't know right. Like, it could be either. There's thing. no happy ending. There's no sad ending. It's very ambiguous. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to decide. And same thing with Bird Box. It's up to you to decide. Right, if this is but happy people, or not. Right, but I guess when it comes to wanting to lose yourself in media, like people don't want to choose. I don't mind that kind of stuff because I'm like, I do like coming away from something and thinking about it more than just white people suck ass. I think that's your creative 
uh, self that a lot of people don't have because you see it as an opportunity maybe for discussion yeah to discuss and maybe like add it and do something with it yourself that's creative because of that opportunity that was left open-ended you know what I mean whereas other people probably don't think of it that way I okay yes and no I take stuff like that and I I think about it a bunch talk Mm -hmm. about it a good amount Mm -hmm. but I think for me for how active my brain is and being diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder um for me god fucking chainsaw for me it is like a circular saw or something it's so bad it's like grating every time the microphones pick it up oh god okay so for me it's it's more of a distraction it's you know you watch the princess and the frog right yeah let's take that i don't know why that's in the forefront of my fucking brain right now we watched it recently um, take that. You've got everything tied up in a neat little bow and it was a very nice like hour and a half, hour and 40 minute like distraction. Mm-hmm. But with stuff like Bird Box and Inception, like you're in there for, well, with Nolan, it was like four hours, but you're probably thinking about it for like another four hours on top of that. That's a whole day's worth of your brain being distracted by something that isn't what's going to make me nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what's going to stress me out, um, in my real life. And I think think that's why I really do enjoy um, the escapism of open-ended things because to me I'm like okay I can sit with that and I can think about it more and I can interpret it however I need to I, I think that was born of certain aspects of my school education I was taught how to critically think about things like in classes in middle school, like I like uh, I was in advanced program classes and we did a lot of critical thinking mm-hmm. exercises. And then in like, especially my AP lit class, senior year of high school, um, I had to, I had to literally comb through with a fine tooth comb, like pour through Hearts of Darkness by Joseph Conrad to write a huge essay. Like one of the biggest essays I've ever written in my entire life about one aspect of this fucking novel that I had to literally go through the pages with a fine tooth. Same thing with One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Like those two books, I think, because I had to really, really, really invest myself in them and every single word on that page, and then on top of that, go think about it more. I think that's kind of where I'm coming from with open-ended things. Like I don't need like a happy ending or a sad ending. It's great to feel emotions. I'm not going to be mad at a happy ending. Giggity. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Like that. Got mm-hmm. it. Um, and I'm not going to be mad at a sad ending, but to come away with something that I can be thoughtful of and think about and kind of like, oh, let's rewatch that. What did I, what, what could I have possibly missed mm. that could further interpret or further add to my interpretation of, of the events? Yeah, no, I I see that in most ways that you absorb media. Right, so that makes I'm a lot of sense. Putting that out there for the podcast. True. Um, all right, let's get back to JoJo. Oh yeah, <laughs> we still have a couple episodes. Oh, God, not very much content because these episodes now, um, they're all the same events of of the same July sixteenth. Yeah. So at least there's that. So. 
Yeah, 37 is... Um, 37 is Kosaku Kawajiri's seminar on how to murder. Mm-hmm. Lots of exposition. And lots oops, of fucking... All real names. Yeah. But he's like, oh, whatever. I don't give a shit. Because at this point, he's, Kira's convinced himself that... He's won. Yeah. Because of fate. Yes. Like, he's fated, too. Which is funny because, like... And I, I think I mentioned this. Like, he... He just wants to have a quiet life. I feel like he would... He's kind of saying that he would literally be happy reliving this one day yeah because all of his all of his enemies get murdered yeah so he doesn't even care if he's stuck in this loop with everyone else they're stuck in this loop with him not he the other almost way said as much yeah like he was like it doesn't matter because i've won and so no matter what happens it's gonna I, I, all my enemies are, are gone that's so weird though like that's like i mean he's crazy like he's insane yes like, thoroughly insane if I, you didn't get that by now you should get it now. No, no, no. I know. But no, like, I meant for people. Yeah. But like, it's funny because in a way, he's the most scary of any of the villains that we've seen so far because of how grounded in real life mental illness and like sociopathy that like, I feel like he's the most realistic for all like the super powered abilities that he has. Like he's really yeah. scary because he he has these traits of real people that you know you could easily run into on a daily basis that he just literally could not care less like he is perfectly uh neutral and that's fine and he doesn't care what happens around him or who gets dragged into this hell sorry all i'm thinking about is fucking i got a boner (laughs) that's all i can think of i was having like a deep moment talking about fucking mental like i know but then the the crazed look on his face when he's talking about the mona lisa's hands and he's just like i got a boner i'm sorry it's okay no Um, but you're right he is terrifying um because because we know that he's literally only serving himself uh he's very selfish person he's willing to literally do whatever it takes including murdering a handful of people on top of the 48 women he's already killed yeah, because it's literally of no significance to him. And then he would probably go on to murder even more mm-hmm. if he didn't <clears throat> live in this loop for the rest of time, which he seemed perfectly content to do because, again, his enemies were taken out. Yeah, because at least with the other villains in the series thus far, like, well, at this point, it's basically just Dio. And Cars. And Cars. But they're like these, like, larger-than-life, like, comic book zany villains. But that have, Dio's like... sole motivation was also just to win. Yeah. But it, he comes across so just over the top that I feel like maybe that's the distinction that I, I make in my head. I'm like, yeah, this guy is, he's hes like a character. Like, he's very much so a character. Whereas with Kira, I'm like, yeah, I could see this this dude really doing this shit in real life, little town in Japan. I want to pick Jojo, like Jotaro's brain on who he thinks is like the most terrifying hmm. between the two. I really do. Um yeah because i think his insight having dealt with both of them i think maybe to him kira would probably be definitely scarier um because they've never seen an ability like bites the dust before um he's never even heard of someone getting requiemed Mm -hmm. um and dio it was just we didn't know his ability we didn't know his ability and all of a sudden okay it's called the world and then kakuine takes one for the team gets pancaked and they discover the ability and then Dio gets defeated but 
yeah, I feel like I feel like Jotaro would probably say that Kira, at least at least with Dio, even though they didn't know where he was in Cairo, like they knew that Dio was there and they knew that he was bad and they knew that they had to stop him. But with Kira, like he didn't know what he looked like or who he actually was like after the whole face swap, like and could still be out there like murdering people. I mean, that's for all like, they knew. Yeah. And that feeds into what I was saying with like the whole faceless death, like a faceless villain. Like yeah. he is because he's not making a big thing of it. Like he is just literally like because with Dio, he was making a big thing of it. Like he made, he treated it like it was a circus, like it was yes. like an event. Yes. Yes. Like whereas with Kira, he's like, uh, I'm just slipping back into the, the comfortable fabric of this of this town and just forget I even existed. And I'm yeah. just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And it's horrifying. Yeah. So two different, two extremely different approaches to villainy that are both highly effective for different reasons. I, yes. I think Kira, for me, in terms of like scary villains, is up there with Funny Valentine. Yes. For different reasons, mm, yeah. but also pretty similar reasons. Because I would argue that Kira is not charismatic at all. But like this no, is like the. But that's the point. Yeah. That's the point. It's like that video we watched that was, was exactly. a really good video. Kira's not charismatic where um, because he doesn't want to convince anybody of anything other than the fact that he's just like a normal person mm-hmm. and wants to live a quiet life. Yep. That's it. Like his coworkers. From the- so yeah, his coworkers like him yeah. fine enough. Mm-hmm. Like he's a, he's a, comes off as a decent human being. He's, he's likable. Maybe he doesn't have any, he definitely doesn't have any close friends, mm-hmm. but no one really bats an eye at that. They're just like, yeah, well, he's a quiet dude and that's, you know, he just wants a little peaceful life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And versus like funny Valentine's like propaganda and like all this other stuff, like convincing the reader that he's, you know, the right person. The good guy. The good guy. Yeah. It's, that is, especially with modern events, that is. To me, Funny Valentine is the scariest villain that we know of because, again, we haven't gone into part eight. So, which is part, never mind. All right, never mind. I'm not even, nope, nope. nope. I'm not gonna, yep, don't say it. I'm not going to do that. Um, um, so, in episode 37, we get Oops, All Real Names, Kira outs himself to Hayato in front of Josuke. Um, so, it kind of nullifies Bites the Dust right yeah. in time for Rohan to not go splody again. Yeah. Like, that was literally the call. Like, within, the only reason he knew to come there was... Within quick. seconds yeah. of Rohan not going splody, mm-hmm. Kira fucking undoes the whole thing. Yep. Um, and then Hayato had managed to grab Stray Cat from the attic. So we have one large cat house one small cat, question mark, plant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it does bring up some weird and questionable ethical dilemmas. Of cats and cats. Cats and cats and cats. Yeah. Kind of like what's happening in this room right now. But like, is it like, and this is like, okay, is he has, he has a physical. So he's housing the physical body of a stand, which yes. is the user itself and its standability, which is stray cat inside of his physical manifestation of his stand. How the fuck does that work? Magic. It's, it's like he's like like uh from like fucking Ninja Turtles. The the yeah the guy with the <laughs> <laughs> like in yep. his stomach. Like that's what he's doing, and it looks fucking ridiculous. Uh wasn't there someone on Twitter who literally had Krang? Krang, yeah, Krang. That's the fucking guy. Yeah, <laughs> fucking pink goblin dude inside yeah. of another dude's like a like a 
just random body. Yeah. But like, so, and he looks different also. Yeah. Straight cat. Because. Yeah, since, spiky. Yeah, he got spiky. And you were like, does that have anything to do with, and I'm like, it shouldn't. But it because, has to. Well, okay. So stray cat was technically like Kira's pet or whatever, or like was yeah. just being hidden away by Kira and being cared for by Kira, which is also not very serial killer-esque. And all of a sudden it's changed. Unless maybe this is appearance. like his act two, like this is Stray Cat doing like a sure. act two thing. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Because don't his like air bubbles like start disappearing too? Like isn't yeah. that, that didn't, well no, it did disappear in the beginning. I don't remember. Well at this, yeah, but that was another thing I wanted to talk about because like Hayato can see the air bubbles, but Josuke can't. Like how the fuck? But Hayato can't even see Killer Queen. Yes. Or, but in, he can see Stray standard. Cat. He yes. can see Stray Cat. Because Stray Cat's like essentially like a user. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Stray, Stray Cat is an actual horrible monster cat demon. I'm thing. like so frustrated right now. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense, but it does, but it doesn't, depending on how you look at it. Like it just, God. it can mean anything, it okay. can mean nothing. Right. Um, unfortunately, even though Josuke manages to save Rohan, um, Big baby Okiasu yeah, does a bites to dust. Kinda. Well he gets he gets chock full of He gets air bubbled. Yeah. Um And Josuke refuses to leave him, which is very like That was oh. really sweet. Yeah. They're such good buddies. Yeah. Yeah, the end of a thirty seven. I was like out for Okiasu dying, that was like one of the most high high key emotional moments. But of- the first time I watched it, I was like, Yeah, I don't care. Oh, right. Yasu's a fucking weirdo. Well, yeah. <laughs> but this go round, I'm like, no. Yeah. Well, it's funny because remember how little we hated Shigechi the first time? Shigechi was annoying, but I didn't hate him. But yeah. I definitely hated him this time. Second time around, we hated him, whereas the opposite happened with Okiasu. It's hilarious because that interview with Araki where he was like, oh, I love Shigechi. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. I mean, he's it's an effective character in that it like has, yeah. it. it creates strong he was like, emotions he was like it's sweet because who picks stuff up off the ground shigechi does who does that he's a little goblin i Goblins made him do. i made him he's does a little that make you a goblin because you pick stuff up off the ground all the time yeah huh it does all right at least well, i'm not like a bridge troll true so you don't it's not running out of your nose a lot yeah so that's fun mm-hmm. that's good mm-hmm. okay um episode 38 are we there yet uh almost fucking almost yeah, no, that was what I titled the episode. Are oh, we yeah. there yet? Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, uh, so this is what I was talking about earlier in this episode, in the podcast, like talking about what kind of a worker I feel like Kira's dude was supposed to be. Okay, yes, exactly. This is another thing that fucked me up. And this is why I was so fucked up earlier because he's like, oh, this guy, like, it's like my body did this on its own. Like he's, because he's apologizing so profusely to the guy on the phone. He's like, hi. Yes, hi. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Sorry, my kid's a piece of shit. I'll be there in 15 minutes. So sorry, so sorry. Do you know what vibes I got from that whole like sequence of his phone call? What? Agatsuko. Oh, yeah. And that's so completely unlike Kira. But he's like, oh, that, like my body moved on its own almost. I wish he wasn't so like apologetic. Like, How the hell does he know how what he was like? Because he just took he, over his body. Well, he no, probably he understands office etiquette, even though he works in retail. He probably understands like there's a certain level of yeah no I know that but he the way he says it after he gets off the phone with him he's like like I wish he wasn't so 
like submissive like you're never gonna like you know are you that des he said like are you that desperate to climb the corporate ladder but it's yeah. his body and his mind it's it's so weird anyways it's really weird uh, creepy dude uh gets his whole body blown up and possibly his balls onto the pair oh, of panties the penny sniffer guy yeah yeah because they're blacked out like two blacked out things drift onto the panties i really want to see the uncut part of that like the unedited to know what the fuck that was because that didn't occur to me the first time i thought it was just two little like uh things of blown up maybe they were his eyeballs and like they had to blur it out for some reason i i mean could be anything <laughs> it could literally be anything it's really weird um i like how in this episode it becomes very clear that josuke did in fact use the secret Star technique yes he did a runaway yeah i don't <laughs> I know it's not the word, mm-hmm. but I don't like saying the Japanese word for it. Yeah. Because I feel like it'd be so easy for me to say the wrong thing. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like 10. I literally have to say it syllable by syllable to yeah. like make sure I. Yeah. As all of those charming YouTube oh my God. poops would have us. The best N word in JoJo. And yeah. it's just like Joseph like he, screaming it over he and over. never again. said it. Because um, that's not how language works. So, yeah. Um,. Josuke runs away mm-hmm. uh, with Hayato and Okiyasu's body. Allegedly. <laughs> so, <clears throat> uh, yeah, this is the plot point of how to win. Oh, I just skipped over a ton of the episode. Yeah. Well, I would say like in the like for the, I guess, in sequence of this episode, this is the one where the intro is even more messed up. Um it reverted back to normal it, it did but this is the one where the sound oh the um, sounds were much louder the yeah the, the the normal stuff was muted and then all the sound effects for the visuals that were happening on the like screen the doors closing yeah were super boost boosted <clears throat> yeah that was really weird yeah i don't i still don't really understand like what the significance probably of that just was a supposed mistake I'm, I'm hinging on it was probably just a mistake that's really weird it is a weird mistake but um so okiyasu decides to come back to life yeah because he was too dumb to die. And he's, of course, he's still got the hand. Yeah. So uh, how to win is to take plant out of cat. Yes. Yes. Yeah, easy. He it's just two was like steps. a swipe. Yeah, he uses the he's hand like, and just grabs I have a pet it. now. Yeah, and the cat's now his best. It was that I do really enjoy that. Um, very stupid. Because yeah. the cat goes from, and the cat reverts in what he looks like, too. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, he's like, I just realized I that. did. I do remember at the very end of the thing now in episode 39 like it's he looks all cutesy and like, yeah because he's hmm? yeah just what his buddy is he over there like rubbing against your stand um no pun yeah, intended he's literally rubbing his face all over the mic stand right now can you knock it off why you don't need to scent it you fucking weirdo <laughs> bong bong um let's see so now that i'm lost because stop uh oh so okiyasu recalls his quote dream unquote of going to heaven yeah. and seeing Keicho and yeah. Keicho's just like nah son yeah. <laughs> like go back and Okiyasu's just got like Saitama face I really do enjoy his facial expressions in this whole thing and the music was really good and like perfect for the emotion emoting of that moment um 10 out of 10 it's a good ending to that yeah. episode and bonus points Okiyasu got a pet yes which a, is even better a cat plant yes which is great. Who seems perfectly content to not be like a fucking killer shitlord. He just don't know no better. I mean, like, it'd be like a stray cat literally like being taken but in and being Hayato shown. did nothing to this cat living or post-cat <laughs> post-mortem. body. 
Yeah. I don't want to say post-mortem because I don't think it ever actually died. Because if it did, there would be... Anyway. Well, fuck. Yeah. We've already talked about this. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's just like perfectly content to just be like... Meow. I mean, he just left <laughs> the cat in the attic. And then I guess the only times like that he interacted with it were either neutral or not great. So maybe that's why. What the fuck is happening on our street right now? Is that the ATVs? Yeah. Cool. Let's just give it a sec. <laughs> it's like the most long Large drown out fart. fart. Yeah. <laughs> Literally thinking the exact same thing. Um, anyway, let's just talk over it. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so episode 39. Yes. The end. Okay. It's over. Yep. Uh, Kira goes to hell in style, which I do enjoy because this is where he's already dead right um yeah 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 yeah. this is like this is like uh he's dead and he doesn't know it no not yet that was the first note i had i guess oh yeah yeah no i guess he got i guess he gets um he gets yeeted he gets yeeted (laughs) under an ambulance in the in episode 38 and then he gets his head screwed off by an ambulance it's so funny because everyone looks utterly shocked except like josuke and okiasu um no he's not dead yet because he's still like he's rubbing his face on the on the woman's hand all right yeah you're right yeah so he's not dead yet it's like at the like towards the beginning of the episode that he does get killed but it makes it presents it as though that's not how it happened it presents it as though he i think everyone looks so shocked because they just discovered that this is actually kira right okay that makes sense yeah, so everyone's like gathered around now. There's a fire somewhere. Still mm. unclear. Pretty sure it's Who's the house? house. Okay, so it was the house that Josuke was in because he lit all those cigarettes and everything, probably, yeah. and just like left him burning. <laughs> right. um, and then <laughs> Rohan, this this cracked me up when we watched this. Rohan really knows about Star Platinum's like yeah. abilities, range, like everything. Even though... How much time have he and Jotaro been spending together? On screen, zero. Zero. But in your head. Mm. And in their bed. All of it. All of it. <laughs> yeah, because well. it's like, we don't really know other than like, he, like well, so it would make sense because Josuke rented out that, or Jotaro rented out that really nice swag uh, penthouse suite, and that fits with Rohan's aesthetic. I don't, okay. So <laughs> at oh. this point, I'm not shipping them necessarily, but... I do think because they're all on a fucking phone tree, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, and they they are trying to find the same fucking person. I do think that for the sake of knowing everyone's abilities and um, how they can use their stands to to the best of their ability, th- like Jotaro probably called everybody and like got and like sat down and had tea with them and like talked about everything and so. In my head, that's what happened. In my head. If Rohan and Jotaro ended up like getting all gropey, <laughs> fine. Smooching. Fine. Hugging. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good. Um. So, yeah. So then, um, so this lady runs over to Kira, who's laying in the middle of the street, um, and he's just like horny for hands, even as he's dying, because he's really dying. Yeah, chock full of glass. And yeah, so um, he turns the woman into a bomb and Jojo has to run in real fast. Save the day. Try to save the day. Um, 
And then my next note is just, and another one's gone, another one's gone. Yeah, because it like the way that it's framed makes it you think that he snapped his fingers mm-hmm. and like you know he reset the day. But and- then he, yeah, but then there's like this weird trippy part five esque like fucking sequence of him flying through space and time mm-hmm. maybe just space i think it's just space yeah because his body his soul i think what happens is basically his soul gets yeeted out of his body instantly and then because of how morio works he gets trapped in the alley alleyway on his way to hell. that would make sense yeah and then um that would make sense why killer queen went with him mm-hmm. for sure yeah and then, i think it's i think it's great also that at some point in the alleyway he does turn back into og kira He's like, well, this disguise doesn't fucking matter anymore. Yeah, that's right. That did happen. But because it's his soul. Yeah, that's how it's actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's one to one of what his actual self image is. Um, but yeah, then we get the nice. Uh, we get the force recap of what actually happened, mm-hmm. which is where he, uh, yeah, doesn't snap his fingers and instead gets his head snapped off by an ambulance, which is just great. I love. I love he how he gets completely run over by the ambulance. Yeah, like well, it run it like it smashes his head like a fucking cantaloupe. Yes, yes, that does happen. Yeah, he's thoroughly dead. Thoroughly, about as dead as you can a imagine. A million hundred thousand quintillion percent dead. Yeah. Um. And then my favorite part of this whole thing of Kira getting dead is in the alleyway. His hand gets ripped off by Arnold. Mm-hmm. It's poignant. And then, then Kira is grabbed by many disembodied hands. Ooh, you know what they probably are—the body or the the, the hands that he, yeah, of the women that he, <sighs> yeah, maybe I don't know. I kind of want to watch Drag Me to Hell now. I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That's a that's a horror movie. It is. Yeah, I just don't really like horror movies. Meh. Okay. So. The last like several sequences is Joseph and Jotaro on a yacht. No, you're skipping over the Koichi Rohan cute moment with uh, Raimi. I did. I skipped that. That was really good. Like Rohan's like trying to be all fucking like aloof. Yeah. And Rohan. Yeah. And he's like, because she's, she's like, my work here is done. I'm going to go guys. Yeah, She's like, and he's like, I'm I'm not going to miss you anyway. Yeah. She's like, you want bet? Yeah. And, and Koichi, he's like, no, I'm not. And Koichi's like... Stop being a turd. Yeah, like, Koichi's like, listen, I'm a fucking delinquent. Like, Rohan, grow up. Yeah. And he finally is like, mm, fine, you're right. I am going to miss you. Yeah. Meh. So that was cute. Yeah. And then, uh, like you said, so uh, they're on the yacht, and he, like, tricks him with the whole wallet thing. Well, gonna... he takes the baby. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You just... Okay. Um, names are helpful. <laughs> Joseph has the baby. Oh. Uh. I want to know what the fuck he actually plans on doing with that baby. Are they going to Santana this baby? Um, Probably, considering that they, I'm assuming, made some baseline effort to figure out who the mom is. Maybe. But they never talk about that. You never, you didn't hear my question. They're going to Santana the baby. Like, are they going to lock it away in like a speed wagon lab somewhere? Oh, God, why? Why would they do that? Because the thing can just disappear at will and escape. <laughs> I mean, it's not a... Joseph's not going to live forever. Like, what? how are they going to fucking make it so this baby, like, stops? I'm sure once it, like, grows up, it's, like, going to gain ability to, like, control its powers. Yeah, but until then, what are they going to do with it? What does Joseph plan on doing with this fuck? He's going to walk back in and be like, hey, Susie Q, I got a fucking baby. Probably. And oh, by the way, I have a son. Um, an, Ill- an illegitimate child. I cheated on you. 
I'm, you know what? Susie Q probably kills him. That's why he's not around in part five. What I think of a better option would be that uh, Jotaro ends up taking the baby because he already has a kid at this point. Uh-huh. So, I mean, he at least, like, is probably more... But Jotaro, it, he, he has to write his doctorate. Okay. He has to write his thesis on starfish. I don't know. It's complicated. But what I do think is fun to think about is that maybe... Why would he... Okay, no, but why would he willingly take... I'm getting into part six. Why would he willingly take a child to care for when it's so hard for him to care for Jolene? Outwardly. I don't know. Outwardly. And like he stays out of Jolene's life in order to not put her in danger. Like even though this baby is a stand user, I don't think Jotaro's mindset would be like, yeah, let me take care of this fucking stand user because I can do so good at that. I think I think the difference between how we're thinking about it is I think more of what the fuck ends up happening to this kid. Like why do we never hear or see this kid ever again it's because it's invisible <laughs> that's why we never see it again i guess get it get it get it oh uh, yeah i get it it's funny anyway i just i my in my brain joseph takes it back to Speedwagon, um and maybe they have some very caring staff nurse staff something i fucking i don't know I know we like we this don't know. is this is a big mystery. It is a big of mystery. part four. This is the only loose end. Huh. Good boy. Okay. So um, the only other thing I would have to say on this is that I thought it was kind of sus that um <laughs> my brain. That um that Joseph is I thought it was kind of sus that Joseph all of a sudden is very aware and seemingly like cognizant of what's going on around him as soon as the whole wallet thing happens and as they're drifting off to sea he suddenly changes his demeanor back to more like season three or part three Joseph and I was like I swear to God if this whole time he was just playing a fucking act and rusing everybody like. Because he just felt like he wanted to be the center of attention and it backfired spectacularly. Do you think that maybe he wanted to go to Morio mm-hmm. and Jotaro was like, fuck no, you're old as shit. You can't do piss. Yeah. Like fucking stay home. Like you're in useless. And his typical, like, you're just, so old. Yeah. Dismissive of his. Of you him almost in fucked up everything in Egypt. I'll take care of this. Yeah. I don't want to, but I'm gonna. And then like, Joseph, I have a nine-year-old daughter. Like, I, I don't want to fucking leave her, but I'm gonna go fucking clean up this mess because yeah. you're not capable. You're gonna just gonna fuck everything up or just run away. And then so, Joseph finds Then Joseph out. shows up. <laughs> he's like, haha, you did need me after all. Yeah. And he shows up and he's just like, I'm just gonna pretend to be like this fucking shitty ass, deaf, Daughtering blind. But then... No one was in the baby store with him. And he was a total moron. I, okay, but he's always been a moron. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying like he was. <laughs> I, that's like I could I could easily see this all because I was like, how the fuck is he this like shitty and old all of a sudden? Like it hasn't been that long. I get that he wasn't it's been exactly 10 young. Years. He yeah. was he was okay. 70. Yeah, but he's a fucking Haman user. He's he's Biden's age. <laughs> he should be. He should be fucking spry as shit still. And the fact that he's like, I feel like he, 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 um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory does. 
Yeah, you feel like he wonked us. Yeah, he got we got wonked. <laughs> like, it's him before he does the fucking backflip. And I do think it's funny that like Josuke gave him a picture of Tomoko to put in his wallet, mm-hmm. knowing full well like that his ulterior motive was that he was gonna steal the fucking guy's wallet at the very end, like when he was leaving, and there was yeah. nothing he could do about it. Um, but I also find it interesting that Joseph willingly took a picture of his illegitimate baby mama to take back to America with him. With his actual wife. Yeah, like his wife, like Susie's not gonna be like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. It's probably probably for the best that Like, he... don't worry, Susie. Um, she will literally smash somebody's face in. Yeah. She'll kill a guy. She almost did kill a guy. I mean, if Susie's even still alive at this point. <sighs> but who she... knows? Yeah, because, yeah, because Joseph even mentions, like, oh, yeah, like, the old woman would let you have a fucking photograph of someone else in your wallet. She's going to beat your ass. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see Susie Q going after Joseph with, like, a like a skillet or, like, a like a hard spatula. I was going to say a Tommy gun. Okay, well, that's more <laughs> of a Joseph thing. Yeah. Um, And then the last note I had on this episode, which I thought was really interesting, when Rohan is counting, he says Sheen for four. Oh. Yeah, well, I think I think this goes back to the whole stereotype of um, four being an unlucky number, and I think that because Yon, it's related to death. Yeah, I think well, Shin, like Shinigami. I know it's the god of death. Is, yeah, you don't have to tell me this. Well, I watched Gundam people Wing. People around us that are maybe listening to this hypothetically might not watch be as Gundam Wing. Big of a fucking weeb as we are collectively, right? So. I've never heard anybody count and say that in an anime before. So Duo Maxwell weird. was my anime boyfriend in early high school. He's so moody. <laughs> what? He was so moody. Duo? Yeah. No, he wasn't. Was he the blonde or the... Okay. I haven't seen Gundam Wing in fucking years. Okay? I know. Last time you watched any of it, I made you do it. And you were like, how do you still know the intro and outro? And I was like, buddy, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. I had two mix CDs from the local anime <laughs> store that like bunny got me oh. and like burned copies of for me like that's very good fucking that's, play that's with me very late 90s early 2000s of you to admit yes Burn. well i was alive then so oh my god were you yes holy shit yeah i know it doesn't feel like it but here we are yeah it'd be 2020 though here we are <laughs> In anyways, doobie 2020. Anyways. 2020 be hitting like 2020. <sighs> like a like a garbage fire truck. Yeah, 2020. Like someone threw a garbage dumpster onto a fire truck and then lit the fire truck on fire. Yeah. Also known as 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like that's a good place to wrap things up. Yep, that's the end of Diamond is Unbreakable. Yeah, is shit. Rohan counting and saying a bad luck number mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of the other like more appropriate number, which is... Interesting. Interesting choice. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to go stare at my phone background for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> like, just sit with my feelings. That's the spirit. But if you guys have any suggestions on anime that you want to hear us talk about, um, definitely let us know at me on Twitter or leave a comment on the Podbean page. I do read them and reply to them. Um, we do have some stuff lined up. We've been watching a smattering of anime a lot of recent stuff if you guys have any like ova suggestions that might be really useful because those are more digestible you know like if it's like a three or four or even six part ova yeah maybe that'd be a good one to pursue yeah so 
yeah, by all means, please let us know what's going on. And as always, we really appreciate it. So yeah, yeah. until next time. Thanks, guys. This is by far the longest episode of Otaku to date. <laughs> I don't even want to know. We but. will we will be talking about himbos <laughs> soon. Yeah. It'll be very Jojo centric, so we'll we'll touch base back on Jojo here. Yeah. Um in a little bit. Anyway, thanks guys Bye. for tuning in. Bye.